They have that, uh... The suggestions? The suggestions. Did you already do an intro for this? Nope. No intro. No intro. So I'm just gonna launch into it right now. Are you gonna have the theme song? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do the theme song. Which theme song? The Sunday Afternoon. It's every episode. Every episode. Yeah. Um, you know where I got that beat from? What? Uh, something's missing trio. Something's missing the trio. Oh, that's funny. That's how I started that. So, so Johnny and I were talking about that on his episode, and no spoilers. Yeah, that's coming up in a few weeks. But with Everest, you guys did this instrumental track called Sunday Afternoon, and Whelan is here. He played drums on the track. Hello. Johnny played guitars, and um, Johnny, the way he describes it, he's just like, yeah, you know, just all sitting, you know, playing, and then Whelan started kind of playing one of those R&B beat things he does, and I just kind of locked in, and the whole band locked in, and it was beautiful. And that he literally describes right. that. So you telling well, yeah. me that it was... It was literally... A Steve Jordan beat, somewhat. Steve, That's what I had in my mind. So Steve I, Jordan. Steve Jordan. So I just started playing it. Steve Jordan, mostly known for being the house drummer for SNL. No. No. He did no. do that, though, I believe. I, yeah, he did. Um, John Mayer Trio. That's that's how I know him. Mm-hmm. Um, played on some Sweet Cheryl Crow stuff, too, from what I understand. Um, well, welcome to... Uh, Talking tunes, uh, pardon the sound. We're going to be doing this once a month. Whelan and I are just going to bullshit about music. We've been listening to stuff people have been telling us to listen to, maybe big releases or big happenings. Um, I think the first thing to get out of the way here today is uh, Neil Pert passed. Yes. Drummer <clears throat> for Rush. 67. 67, apparently. Brain cancer. Brain cancer. He'd been retired for a while. Um I think he stopped 2015. He said he was going to take a break for mm-hmm. his health. For but his didn't really say anything and kind of kept it quiet, which I give him props for. And I mean, everybody deals with those things differently. Yeah. Like, I know fans have been speculating about uh, Eddie Van Halen's health for a while. Um, oh, have they really? Yeah, there's Man, concerns that he might have like a cancer thing going on or a throat cancer. Um, they may have confirmed it. I haven't been following it super closely, but. You suck. know, for for these guys, I mean, if you want your privacy, I guess it's good to take it if you can get it. Mm-hmm. So what's your first memory of Neil Peart um, as a drummer? As a drummer? I think I was in high school. It was during the School of Rock days. Uh, I think it was for the house band. Sure. And uh, Shane, the musical director, was uh, coming up with new songs for us to play and then he gave me a limelight to learn. I was like, I don't know what this is. Right. So I brought it home. Well, like not brought home. I was like, Hey dad, do you know rush? And he's like, um, do I? He's like, Oh yeah. Well, he's, uh, was it flight by night? Okay. Is that the first record? Or not one of the first records, but that was one of my dad's first records. He said he bought with his own money. Sure. And then, um, Jesus Christ. We're talking about Neil. Sorry disrespectful i'll i'll just there's a birdie in my pocket i'm gonna put the birdie to sleep classic um but yeah we were talking about yeah yeah fly by night was the first record he bought and he's like 2112 is still a jam 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was my first introduction to Rush, and then trying to learn that as a 16-year-old is uh, no fun. A lot. Oh, it's a lot. I don't think we ever played it, but it was fun to practice. Yeah. And fun to learn. He was kind of a technical monster. Yeah, the feel... professor is what they call him. Sure. And it makes sense. I mean, he had how many drums in his kit? It was over 20 drums in his kit. It was like a wall around him. Yeah. And... He had the one side, and then the other side was the electronic kit, and they would spin around. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have anybody while you were learning drums, like, you know, an older person who was with it with music come up to you and be like, hey, kid, you ever see Neil Pert drum? Look at this kit. Look at this kit. Did that ever happen to you? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that happened to me as a guitar player, like, and I didn't even look play at this. drums. Look at this rig. Do you see this? Hey, man, you want to see you want to see a crazy drum kit? Uh, sure. Uh, and it's just like, uh, sure. oh, yeah, Neil Pert from... From Rush, yeah. seen this before. For me, I'm not going to pretend to be a Neil Peart or Rush expert. I am I th- not a Rush expert. I know the hits. Uh, I think Moving Pictures is probably the one that has the most bops. You got Tom Sawyer, YYZ, and Limelight. Yeah. For me, I think that's the one I have on vinyl because I was like, those three songs I'm fine with. I think I've only ever like gone Greatest Hits, which will probably be sacrilegious to some, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely appreciate what they did for prog rock. I know one of my favorite bands, Coheed and Cambria, probably wouldn't exist in the same way that they do mm-hmm. had there not been a Rush or a Neil Peart yeah. um, paving the way. I think for me, Rush, I, their impact on pop culture, the first thing that I saw that really resonated with me was uh, after his passing this week was... Um, Judd Apatow made a post about an episode of Freaks and Geeks where Jason Siegel's character is in his basement with like this just shredded drum kit where it's like this drum from that kit and this drum and there's like a pearl, you know, bass drum and then there's a random Tama. It's a complete skeleton mm-hmm. kit of different drums and he's trying to play along and he thinks he's awesome and he's just <laughs> awful. And for me, like just the sheer relevance of Neil Peart's drumming and how it leaks into pop culture and that conversation with kids who are learning drums, I think speaks for itself. So, yeah. Well, how about that? Was it the, I don't know if it was college football, that dude air drumming to Tom Sawyer. What happened? Yeah. There's a video. It's Tom, it's during a break and Tom Sawyer's playing through the loudspeakers and you see the camera was just on him and he's like do 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 it's it's he's kind of on yeah, it's when awesome. you're watching i mean if he actually sat down he doesn't know what he's doing but he was air drumming it and i mean who has not air drummed to that little drum part in Tom Sawyer? yeah yeah exactly no, it's sweet um, yeah, so R.A.P. Neil Pert. Um, yeah. Go listen to Rush if you haven't listened to him. I know I've put a little more effort this week into appreciating And listen to the did. lyrics, because he wrote them. Neil Pert wrote the lyrics? He's, yeah, he wrote a lot of them. Dropping knowledge bombs. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here to do. Actually, we're just here to bullshit tunes, but it goes without saying you have to mention Neil Pert. Um, so with that said... Um, Miley Cyrus? Yeah, do you want to talk Miley Cyrus? <laughs> no, Jen just wanted me to bring up seven things. Jen being the wife in waiting. Yep. Sounds She's... terrible. Mm-hmm. Being the wife in waiting to the guy who plays ukulele while you're trying to sleep and sings off key. I never do that. Whelan and I were roommate for, roommates for five years. Um, 
He plays ukulele sometimes when you're trying to go to bed. So R.I.P. Jen <laughs> sleep. Um, nah, no Miley Cyrus. We listen to the seven things. It's all right. It's on the wedding playlist. It's on the wedding playlist. That's yep. important. Have you? Do you want to talk about the, the dichotomy of creating a wedding playlist? Yeah, because actually, it's. I think it's a funny thing when people who know. I mean, they know I play drums and I'm a you know musician, so they're like live band DJ are you doing like what what's going on and i would love a live band i think that'd be super fun but jen's like no you know why because you're gonna go up at some point and then you won't come down that's what she said oh so she doesn't want you to be happy this is off to a great start (laughs) but i think that'd be super fun to go up and play drums at your own wedding but that and then she's like you wouldn't you know you wouldn't get off the stage i'm like yeah probably i think i think the scary part about that too she's got a great point she does and like i was thinking it would be cool like a nookie jones in town i know my parents went to a wedding and they were the band but then you're kind i don't know if you're stuck i'm sure they know a crap ton of songs you'd have to tell them like we need three hours of material right so and they could probably pull it out of their their butts they have they can do it they're they're great musicians they're talented musicians but then you're, I don't know if you're stuck with one genre and that's, well, that's the thing. If you get a bar band, you're going to get all the staples of that bar. And maybe mm-hmm. there's a few of those that you like, but then you want to, you know, you want random, yeah by Usher. You want yeah by Usher and they don't do yeah by Usher. Cause I they need do pony ACDC. by genuine. I need pony. Pony is important. So what has, what are the big staples of your wedding playlist? I can tell you young Padawan. Oh, what? I finished Rogue One. Oh, good. Finally. Good. That's my favorite one, I think. That was really good. I had, Then I had to look up the uh, at the end of that movie how they did that. Oh. All that stuff, you know? Because yeah. I was like, she wasn't dead yet. It's not really a spoiler. No. You know, it's I been mean, a while. Yeah, she wasn't dead when they Carrie filmed Fisher, that. Right? Yeah. But she looks just like she... Did in 19, what is it, 79 or 77, whatever it was. A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, so I was like, how did they do that? So I would argue it was in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. Um, we have a mix of um, a, little bit of a little bit of everything. I can give you the first five songs in this playlist right now. It's not going to be in order, but Dancing in the Moonlight, Brown Eyed Girl, the Jimmy Buffett version. Oh, boy. Sweet Caroline, Love Shack, which we... Uh, Jen and her sister created a line dance for, so you'll have to do it. <clears throat> Starships by Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. and Malcolm Moore, Downtown, oh, which right. they have more dances for. But then towards the end of the night, I put on like a shit ton of early, or I guess I should say mid pop punk. Oh, okay. So like we'll scream, everyone will scream, make damn sure. And I'll after be- a few drinks, just. <laughs> I'll be good and licked up at that point. Oh, yeah. I'm I might prob- be licked up five songs in. I might take a mic and try and do an Adam and just spin it, go around <laughs> my neck, Adam, everyone move. Adam Lazara from uh, Taking Back Sunday. Yep. Flipping mics around. Flipping mics. Like a damn for- boss. Uh, well, that's interesting. But I-, I do have rules. You have rules. What are the rules? So I need swearing. Explicit tracks only. If you get an edited version, I'm, it's I, over. I'm unplugging the guy. I'm just going to put my phone in. Yep. No R. Kelly. Okay. For yep. obvious reasons. Yep. So, sorry. The uh, Ignition remix, off. You're donezo. Yep. yep. Uh, Can't do it. Anything after bad, Michael Jackson, no. 
Sure. Because I watched that HBO thing. Yep. So A lot of documentaries making a lot of music pretty tough to listen <laughs> to lately. So, no. Um, I feel like I had another... I feel like I had four pretty solid rules. Um, those were three pretty But we'll go ones. with those three for right now. I need... I need to hear fuck shit fuck. No R. Kelly. No Michael Jackson after bad. And we don't talk about Fight Club. And we don't talk about Fight Club. Fuck. But, yeah, no, no, those are good rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does how have you guys taken the role of picking that playlist? Because I would imagine you have big opinions. How does... Act- yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but... No, you're good. <laughs> um, no, we... After going to so many weddings and you just kind of hear what white people like. Speaking of that, I need to go through that. There's a playlist on Spotify that's like making the rounds. I think it's like 40 hours of songs that make white folks go crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to go through that. No, <laughs> Being I've, white myself. I've seen and that. And put some of those in the playlist because have, they are definitely bops. I actually have that's a That's my new word. Bops. Bops. The bops. That, that means hits. That's a, uh, that's banger. A yep. Whaler, um, Shredder. I actually had a buddy share that on Facebook, and my first response after starting this podcast and this episode is like, thank you. I can use this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there, there's some good jams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, we go through it. We kind of, there was one that we have a shared Spotify playlist, so we'll just be like, hey, I added something, or we went through it together the first time, but I think there was one drunken night, and I put a bunch of high school musical in it. Oh, and I can't wait. But oh, I think is she it went. Staying? Huh? Is that staying? Some of them will. Because we'll probably be drunk enough that we can just go in the middle of the dance floor and start doing Troy and Gabriella uh, duets together. Over my head. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Didn't. I was. Uh, didn't see that yeah. one. But no, she gave. The, the one thing was like, we can have some pop punk songs, but they have to be at the end of the night. I'm like, that's fine. I, we'll just jam. Solid. Welcome compromise. to Black Parade. Solid compromise. Forget everything I said. You're compromising already. You two will be fine. We'll be fine. George, can I help you? Um, you probably can't help him. Um, hey, George, why don't you go somewhere else? Yeah, I mean it. George is just trying to lick Whelan's feet, which <laughs> is something he'll do at times. Um so, um, you traveled recently, you went to Jamaica, and I saw some of your snaps, you were at some musical events, it looked like, what was that like? Yeah, so, in the uh, cafe buffet part, they would have uh, live music at night. And Every night? Yeah, for the most part. We were there on the weekend, so I don't know how it is during the week, Sure. but at least during the weekend, they were having live bands, so the one night we actually watched was a bunch of probably high school age kids doing steel drums and stuff like that. And I was waiting for them to play feeling hot, 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 hot. hot. Yep. And I did not get it, but kind of going back, they were playing songs that literally get white folks crazy, crazy. Um, why are you buying me? Um, they did, um, sweet Caroline steel drum. They did. Let's get it on. I did Mark, see the video yeah, of that. That's the one I taped. And it was all instrumental, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no was one was so singing. Cool. They were so they were dancing. Some were dancing, some were playing steel drums. There was like probably five in front. And then someone had like, I mean, it looked like like big oil drums that they turned in. And then there was a kid playing the drum set. Um and they yeah, so they did uh 
Let's get it on. Uh, Sweet Caroline. I'm trying to think of some of the other bops they did. But, I mean, it was basically all these American tunes. And it was funny because then me and Jen were like, no, they didn't do any, like, Bob Marley or any, like, reggae like that. It was literally just American songs doing, you know, in reggae form. Well, I have to wonder if they're kind of sick of, oh, yeah, you came to Jamaica. Mm -hmm. You expect that you're going to hear, you know. I expected hot, hot, hot. Jammin'. By Bob Marley. Or, Did hear that. Or hot, jamming? hot, hot. We jamming. With my rum and punch. Oh, yeah. Ting and rum. God, those Bob Marley albums, those are some of the greatest sounding albums I've ever listened to. I was a little kid, and Bob Marley's, I think it was one, it was a list of his greatest hits al- okay. songs. And I still think some of those are the greatest sounding recordings ever. I wonder where he... I think he did a he lot did of those. it right in Jamaica. And uh, one, it it started off with jamming, and then um, there was songs like Lively Up Yourself, mm-hmm. I Don't Want to Wait in Vain for Your Love, and they just sound so good. And knowing that those songs came out in 70s, 80s, or whatever, and they sound so good, it's right. just, it speaks volumes to that the source of what is playing is the most important part of creating a good sounding record to me because I don't I think they had a decent studio but it wasn't great but the guys playing and their gear and their feel for what they were playing was so good that there was just no denying that those records were going to sound great. I Bob Marley was one of the first greatest hits records I had. I think was it Legend? That's what I'm looking at right now. That's the best what of most Bob Marley and the Wailers. I think that starts with is this love no woman no cry. Mm-hmm. Could you be I mean all of these I mean, and they did play these. Sure. But, and then it was weird too. They would play, I mean, it was reggae music, like by the pool and the, the beach. They were playing reggae music, but heard a lot of like, again, like top 40 remixes in reggae form. Lots of Adele. Well, that whales. But reggae Adele. Okay. But, and not Adele singing, but it was really good. I enjoyed it. But I was still waiting to hear like uh, uh, what's it? Past the duchy on the left on side, and Jen's like, "What's that?" I'm like, oh. "What do you mean? You don't know that song?" Who did that song? Uh, I had to look it up too. It's um, the people, the family. It's like the kids. Yeah, I'm looking it up too. This musical youth. Musical youth. No, that song's a a bop. It is. It's a banger. I that song's great. Well, that's interesting. I yeah. mean, I when I saw your snaps, I was just like, oh, well, there's something here. Like, there's lots of music in that culture. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's something to talk about. And I thought it was cool because literally the steel drums playing Marvin Gaye, let's get it on for me as a Marvin Gaye. I thought of you right away. It was, they did it well. I know. It was good. I know. And I was just like, man, I would be partying so hard if I had just the right amount of drinks, I would have probably got kicked out of that bar. I would have been so happy to hear oh, that. Oh, the drinks are free, my friend. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> you just go and get... I need to I need try a, on I need that a ting and rum. I need a ting and rum. I need to try on that resort life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, if whenever I go back, if I go back, probably go back at some point. Definitely have to do the Bob Marley tour. I did not do that. I okay. think my mom and dad have, but... How, long, how many times have they been there? Uh, I th- More than... A handful now. Oh man! So that's that whales. Yeah, I love. I love. You my know, my buddy the, Eric went there for 
him and Mel went there for the honeymoon. He's like, I'd give so much money to go back. Yeah. Yep. He's like, I right now, right now, I'd give up everything to go back to Jamaica. I, I give it up. I give it all up. <laughs> Honey, what about us? Yep. In a heartbeat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Take me back. I doubt that. Eric's an upstanding, nice guy. Um, I love traveling for music, and I know that's not necessarily why you went there, but me being yeah. a geek who does travel solely for musical history um, and being in places where stuff happened. Like uh, the first time I went to New York, it was I have to go to uh, where John Led- John Lennon got shot. Mm-hmm. I almost said John Legend. Legend. He, he, he died? Didn't, he didn't die. He didn't get <laughs> shot that I know of. No, I had to go to uh, the Dakota where John yep. Legend... Ah, John well. Lennon! <laughs> Lennon! Legend's fine! I went I, there. I went there, too. It's eerie. It is. It's very eerie when I was... But for, like, a musician, it's cool to go... I'm totally cool with going somewhere where someone just stood and took a album cover it's and where Jen wild. is like, what are you doing? I'm like... This is the spot, and they're like, oh. some people get it, some don't, but it is. Well, then just, I, you just got to think. Well, then I went to Vietta Park a couple sum, summers ago. This is the park right outside uh, Kurt Cobain's old house? Oh yeah, yeah, and with that, the bench, right? Yep, and that was eerie. That was something I had to do. Um, and then of course we, your brother and I, actually went to the Grateful Dead house, which was wild for me. Mm-hmm. And now I have to go on this business trip to New Jersey. And I've talked to my boss about like going a day early and sneaking up to Ashbury Park, New Jersey for my current Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, just obsession. And I, I've been listening to uh, the Ashbury Park album, his first album, quite a bit. I love growing up. And yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. And growing up. So I start, you sent me that. Yep. And I haven't really listened to the, the boss the whole, that much. I know the hits. I saw the River Tour when he came to the X, and I'm but I didn't really know. I I feel bad because I'm like I don't really know anything. And I ended up we ended up leaving after he was done with the River because I was sick. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, we have to go. Like he felt my forehead, and I was like, yeah, we should probably Ye- go. So yeah. I missed all the hits, but I saw the River front to back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's got some cool songs. It's got Hungry yeah. Heart. Everybody's got a hungry heart. <laughs> but, you know, I just, there's something about, uh, so the Ashbury Park album, Welcome to Ashbury Park, I think it's called. Um, that yeah, or album, Greetings from. Greetings from Ashbury Park. Yep. Yes, that's a good one. Um, I love growing up and uh, he does and that's from by the light. All I could think of was Big Daddy, right? Is that the end, the montage? He says bye to uh, Frankenstein. Oh. And I think that's the end song. Is it growing up? I'm pretty sure it is. If I'm remembering, all of a sudden I heard it and I was like, I think this is it. This is the part in the podcast where you should like just pause it and play the Big go. Daddy clip. Yep. And then we go, yep, that was it. Yep. Yeah, no, that, it might be. That would make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but that's a great song. And I know um, I just recently started digging into Springsteen a lot. I was out on a walk with George before Minnesota turned into Frozen Tundra, Deathland. And I was walking, listening to the Broadway show, and I listened to it oh, all yeah, the way yeah. through, just on did, one walk. Did you watch it on Netflix? No, I just okay. listened. I think your dog has a foot fetish. He might. It's very possible. Who doesn't? It's probably your socks, to be honest. Probably. Hey. Jeez, now you're starting to bite. I'm not into biting. Banana. But, banana. Banana. <laughs> banana. Why can't the safe word be no? Um, but anyhow... Uh, 
the, I was listening to that whole album and I was just like, man, the way the guy speaks and tells his story and these songs are so cool. Um, and probably why I think Growing Up is my favorite on uh, the Ashbury Park record is because it's, I think, one of the first ones he plays in that show acoustically. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, there's just something about it. I've found myself really getting into it. And of course, I listened to that and I listened to a podcast where they interviewed John Mayer. Oh, hello. <laughs> George just belched in my face. Um, but I listened to this podcast where this guy interviewed John Mayer. And anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge John Mayer fan. And, news uh, to me. And they were... <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. Breaking news. No, but uh, I, I was listening to this podcast. And he was like, you know what I'm really into lately? Bruce Springsteen. I just watched that um, Broadway show he did on Netflix, and man, it just crushed me. And of course, that led to me being like, oh, wow. Well, I got to go check it out. No, I listened to it before, and then I listened to it, and he happened to listen to it and talk about it on this podcast. I "I just listened to that. (laughs) We're the same person. (laughs) So then I started digging in a little more, and um, the Born to Run album. Yeah. If you put that on while you're driving at night and you're just in a good mood, there's nothing better. Um, so how much Bruce have you listened to now? Because I got to... You got to like, take inventory? No, because... So when you told me about that first one, I didn't realize that's his first album, The Greetings From. Mm-hmm. So I listen, you know, just skim through. It's not a good album to work out to, by the way. When you're trying to do like... Depends on your personality, <laughs> asshole. Trying to do like push-ups and crunches. Like, it's just not... Yeah. Um, but I was reading a review and they said everything after this album is completely different. Do mm-hmm. you see that? I don't know if it was from like a writing perspective or how he. I how don't he know that I feel writes that. lyrics. I don't know. I don't know that I feel that. I mean, I've really, I've listened to the Born in the USA album quite a bit because I love uh, I'm on Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably I'm on fire was probably my first exposure to Bruce Springsteen. And that was, you know, John Mayer covered it as a B side to yep. uh, battle studies. Um, so I'm on fire. I really like that. Born in the USA is really good when you break it down and listen to the lyrics. Um, not about what you would think. Um, but yeah, um, I've listened to a lot of born, uh, born to run and that album's amazing. And, uh, Sorry, this dog is distracting. Um, um, so I've listened to a lot of it. I've had The River for years, and my first exposure to The River was probably my first exposure to uh, to Bruce Springsteen. And for me, it was watching Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle. It's a movie where Adam Sandler plays a guy whose whole family died in 9-11, and he's just kind of coping with it, and he's just, you know, the PTSD dealing with that don't remember this one uh it's not a widely known movie i don't think but it was a more dramatic role and uh there's a scene where he has the guy over and he's like hey man you want to jam well what are we jamming the river and they would him and don Cheadle would just you know play guitars poorly and drums in his house listening to the river and for whatever reason for me seeing movies or pop culture where people are just really happy diving into music like that 
I can get behind You want to go that. into it and, yes. and do it yourself. And I agree. I've and done that. That scene got me into the river. I bought a copy of the river shortly after that because I was like, damn it, I want I want a little piece of that in my life um, to simulate that movie a little bit. Um, it's kind of like uh, in Almost Famous when they uh, play Tiny Dancer on the bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, then from there, obviously, the the Broadway musical show happens. I, I Now, I listened to some of that on Spotify, I think, when it came out, because I was like, oh, yeah, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about, I think, the, like, Born to Run, Born in the USA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, like, white, not white, blue collar, you know, songs. and That's how good he is, man. Yeah. But he was like, I didn't really do that. I but I wrote a, about it. Yeah, is it is that something? Is that, am I thinking correctly? You are. You are. His whole bit. He's he's just like, Mister Born to Run didn't have a driver's license. I couldn't even drive. You know, and yeah. then like the whole bit. Like I wrote all these blue collar songs. Blah blah blah. This and that. And I never had a nine to five job in yeah. my life until just now. Yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> That's but, genius. Uh, but uh, you know, because he was doing. Broadway shows throughout the week. Um, But yeah, so, and then recently after I saw that, there was this movie that came out like last year called Blinded by the Light about this kid, I believe in London or England. He's an Indian kid. And he... uh, Is it good? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And this kid discovers Bruce Springsteen through a friend. And it's a true story. This kid ends up flying into Ashbury Park with his buddy and basically him and his buddy basically they gravitate around the lyrics and music of Bruce Springsteen to get through growing up as kind of outcast in a neighborhood in London that doesn't necessarily want his type around there's some race implications in there is it supposed to be modern time or is it it's like the 80s like when Bruce was big okay I Um, didn't know if it was like 2000 or you know 2020 he's like oh bruce springsteen and this this guy this guy it's a true story the guy who the movie is about has met bruce a few times he's seen him now like multiple multiple times and for me being a guy who has gone and seen john mayer 25 times and my just fascination with fandom yeah i appreciated the movie and it reminded me of myself i mean if you take the racial implications out of it because life's pretty easy for me as a Norwegian boy in Minnesota. But must be nice. You know, following uh John Mayer around watching that movie Blinded by the Light about this kid being fascinated with Bruce Springsteen was awesome for me. I'll have to check I still have I, to watch that one. There's I so many music like movies. I think you'll like it. The other one that I would say if you haven't watched completely unrelated Rocket um, Man. Rocket Man. That's exactly what yeah, I was going to say. Jim that, watched it on the flight home from Jamaica. I ended up watching. I, I started the new Lion King, and then I turned it off because it's on this tiny screen. And then I started watching Hustlers, but because I'm on Delta, they took out the boobs, so I turned it off. Fair enough. You see my <laughs> dilemma. Yes, I do. I, I was do. like, I need to watch this on a bigger screen, not edited. Yep. And it goes back to my playlist. If it's edited, I don't want it. Right. Totally understandable. No, when I saw Rocket Man, I saw it in Indiana on a trip to see Dead and Company with John Mayer. And I freaking cried in the theater. I was there by myself. It was pretty great. I loved that movie. And it's a little more 
it's more of a musical, musical than uh the queen one right queen's more of just a <clears throat> biopic this one they like generate and and then blinded by the light a little bit they use the music to tell the story almost yeah. in like an across the universe oh, way yeah um, i was gonna ask actually if it's kind of like an across the universe where they use different songs to keep the story going they definitely moving. do i feel like uh blinded by the light and uh Rocket Man are a little more organized and it feels a little more to the point. There were parts of uh, Across the Universe where I felt like they were just throwing songs in to mm-hmm. make to continue throwing songs in yeah. to do it. Benefit um, from Mr. Kite. Right, right. Okay. I so so I feel like these movies were a little more deliberate and it felt a little more um purposeful. But I would recommend any of them, even Across the Universe. That's still one of my favorite versions of Dear Prudence. I do love that version. I love that version. My sec, my second favorite is obviously uh, November twenty first at Target Center with Dead and Company. Yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah, I messed up. You messed up. Yeah, no, that was sweet. Um, but anyhow, 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 that's my uh, deep dive into Bruce Springsteen. I didn't think we were going to talk that long about Bruce, but we did. I didn't mean to. No, it's good. Did you talk to Johnny about Bruce? I know he. I didn't. He's a big Bruce dude, I'm pretty sure. I I should. Johnny's Johnny's just a wealth of information about everything music, really. Yeah, pretty much. He's good stuff. You know who else is in New Jersey? Who's that? My Chemical Romance. Oh, yeah, they're coming back. They what do you are. think about that? I'm jealous of everyone that went to that show. Are they doing a they're doing a full tour though, like a mini tour? Um, yeah, it looks like they were going was it Australia or something like that? But probably not right now well but i know they had oh yeah they're doing march 20th right now i see on spotify they had uh melbourne and sydney and then uh then it looks like end of march they're going to tokyo okay that's not english but uh yeah if they come through i would go see them again but i realized here's the real test if they go to Wisconsin and don't come to Minnesota, would, would you I? drive? Mm, if I'm open, if I, you have say take all of the implications. There's yep. no dates that you have to play. Would you drive to Milwaukee? If it was Milwaukee, <laughs> yeah, like a summer fest. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think I would maybe do it. Um, yeah, no, that's exciting. I'm excited to hear Gerard. I haven't seen... I saw them in 2005 at Warp Tour. And then we saw them with Blink. Remember they opened? Yeah, and we, we were, did. I was going to say the last... I saw their last show, and that was in New Jersey when we went to the Bamboozle Festival. Oh, I went. We went. It was Foo Fighters one day. It was the main, and then Blink was the other day. Mm-hmm. And Tom was sick. This was before he quit again. Mm-hmm. So My Chemical Romance filled in, and that was their last show. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, but I, they sounded way better there than they did here. And I think you and I both said something after their set at X. They're no, like, I was not was, impressed. He was pissed. I just I just don't feel like and I could be wrong. This is a lot of projecting, but I felt like past the Black Parade, it seemed like they came out with an album or two where someone was telling them to do more, to yeah. just make more music. Come on, come on, yeah, come on, come on, come on. They did um, 
you know, like Danger Days. I didn't even really listen to it. They had that one, the nah, 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 nah. Yeah, nah. yeah. And that song to me is not great. I did not appreciate that song. Um, no. Maybe some people liked it. I did not. Um, they had. I mean, Three Chairs and Black Parade are just boom. And though, arguably, their first release has some stuff that people really liked. Yeah. But um, then they came out with a few, like, couple song EPs, like, after words. Oh, yeah. Uh, number one, number two. I was going to say, yeah. And those I remember listening to and them being pretty cool. I don't think I've ever really listened to these ones either. I kind of, I totally forgot about these. Yeah, no, I thought they were kind of cool. Let's hop on the old Rolodex and figure out what these are called. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Just as simple as that. 2012 and 2013. I remember listening to those and being like, wow, this is kind of a return to form a little bit. Um, So those were cool. I got to go back and listen to those. Yeah. I love they have like sessions at AOL on here. Oh, man. I remember watching a lot of those. Yep. Um, Sessions from AOL. They always auto-tuned. And it was auto-tune. Mm-hmm. They auto-tuned the living hell out of every vocal performance. And being in the YouTube comments as a nerd who knew they were what they were doing. <laughs> oh, my God. His voice is so amazing. And it's just like, yeah, he's probably a pretty good singer, but he's not this good. Wrong. I felt that a lot. And they took some singers who didn't need it and just blasted them with it. Yeah. But uh, I always liked watching those, to be honest. I watched them a bunch growing up. So did I. That was a big part of listening. Um, yeah, My Chemical Romance was sweet. You just saw Angels and Airwaves, too. Yep. That, speaking of uh, speaking of that, nostalgia. <laughs> and people who need auto-tune. I was going to say, I listened to the Blink AOL all the time, and that was during the self-titled. Um, yeah, but Tom sounded really good, I think. I thought, you know... I saw your snaps, and I know that probably shouldn't be the final representation. Yeah. Or I have I have a video of the adventure. That's I think that's the only video I took. Yeah, rely on the rest of the world to do that. Everybody's taking videos, right? But uh, I, from what I saw, he sounded pretty good on the snaps I got from that show from people who saw it. And my buddy Tane was there. Um, you were there. I. It sounded like he sounded pretty good. He yeah, for Tom. I was super. I mean, as impressed as he can be with Tom. Right. But he wasn't doing, I mean, he wasn't just being annoying. Right. Like he actually was trying, s- trying and singing. And uh, there's a acoustic track, Anomaly. I can't say Anomaly. It. Yep. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm too dumb. Uh, and it's just an acoustic track, but he sounded really good on it. Nice. Like I was like, damn, good job, Tom. Nice. Yeah, it looked like it would have been a fun show. I've seen Angels and Airwaves and Blink with Tom a couple times, and you and I have talked about this. You kind of know what you're getting, and if you really love those bands, you just go. Mm-hmm. And Tom is not a great vocalist, and he it's gotten progressively worse throughout the time, but I kind of regret not going to this one because I was pleasantly surprised by every video i saw he sounded good yep and honestly uh his drummer's band before it what what he actually didn't play they didn't play no there was some local band i think from duluth interesting so there was that was just the opener and then they started okay but the weird thing was and i felt bad for like i bring you know jen to everything Mm -hmm. so she only knows you know we don't need a whisper and that you know maybe a little bit of i empire but 
they played a lot from the Dreamwalker, which was from 2014, and then some songs from Love Part One and Two. But I mean, they haven't been on tour in like what four or five years because right. you know he's working with aliens. So and they release stuff, but never you know toured it. So they only really played one or two, I believe, from We Don't Need a Whisper. Sure. So she was just kind of like, but I enjoyed it. You enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, Alon is such a good drummer. That's that was part of why I kind of regret not going too, because I appreciate watching drummers um, that are that good. But it sounds like he's at a point now with his government work that. Obviously, now he can tour, and they're going to come out with a oh, new... Oh, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Sorry, I forget. Sorry, sorry. I was just like, I was like, <laughs> government work? Government, yeah. What does Elon work at the DMV part-time? If he does, can he get me in? I need a new ID. <laughs> I'd like um, to skip the line. I think Elon. with his government work, he's going to be able to tour more. So hopefully they come through again with the whatever new record right. they come out with. Because Kiss be and sp- Tell and Rebel Girl, I love... Yep, the new songs. The new songs are I they're bops. Well, I just in my travels here on the interwebs, I was looking for Alon's band because I feel bad bringing it up because oh, yeah. I just see the it as Alon. Yeah, the new regime. Um, they are coming back. Oh, are they? They're coming to Minneapolis March twenty third, supporting Guess Who. Not the Guess Who. The Who or the Who? <laughs> the band? Not not the band. Guess who? Who? No, 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 not the who. <laughs> no, we won't do this. Um, okay, uh, no, they're uh, they're going to be opening for Silver Sun pickups at First Avenue, and the hair on the back of my neck just oh, wow. stood up. Because if there's a way to get me in the door to see your band, it's opening for the <laughs> Silver Sun pickups. Is that does the drummer still have the riot yes. symbol crash symbol way up here? Yes. Perfect. So the, the drummer for Silver Sun pickups, he uh, puts his. I think one of his crashes. His crashes on his way the hell up there. He has to fully extend his arm to even hit it. It's ridiculous. But yeah, Silver Sun pickups, March twenty third, with the new regime opening. Go see it. Go see it. I would recommend Silver Sun pickups to anyone. Um, Last time I saw them, I think they started using amp modeling live. I got that vibe instead of using real guitar amps, which was a little bit of a disappointment to me, but. Still a great show, and I love Brian Aubert. March 27th. I'm not busy. March 23rd, friend. Um, I'm still not busy. And if you're busy it's that day, they do play in Milwaukee, March 21st, in the Golden Test. Would you drive? Oh, that's a Saturday. Yeah, probably wouldn't drive for that one. But, yeah, so that's happening. No, Elon Rubin, the drummer for Angels and Airwaves and multiple projects, he's done Nine Inch Nails, some other things. I uh, did the Paramore Par- self-titled album. Yeah, he he has a band called The New Regime, and every single time I see something on Instagram from that, I'm just like, God, this guy's a monster musician. Yeah, because he's not, so he plays drums, but in that band, he sings and plays guitar. And he's a monster. It's kind of annoying. It's annoying. He's good at everything. He's that musician that can do theory. He plays guitar. He can sing. He drums. I'm sure he plays bass. He produces, engineer. Like, he's just that. Yeah. It's annoying. No. Go go on YouTube and watch some drum videos of Elon Rubin. 
And uh, yeah, you'll see what we mean. Or find him playing a random Queen song on piano and singing along. It's annoying. It's frustrating. Because it's really good. He's really good. Um, and his bandmates are good too, because then they do like three part harmonies to Beatles songs as a warm up in the hallway. I'm like, and they're what? very Go good. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Hey, hey buddy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we can end this nostalgia run of Angels and Airwaves, uh, My Chemical Romance getting back together. We can end it, and we just saw the spill canvas. That we was did. pretty sweet. Yeah, that um, was my first time. Yeah, it was... You introduced them to me when we moved in together, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, we were big One Fell Swoop guys. I was um, gonna say, that's the only one I really listened to, but... And they played all three or four songs that I was like, yep, that was it. That's and, what I needed. And those were great. Um, they played some stuff on the record after that, which I think is called Honestly, I'm Fine. Or let's take a look here. People are going to learn real fast on this show that my memory for album titles is crap. No, really, I'm fine by The Spill Canvas was the other album. No, really, I'm fine from 2007 and One Fell Swoop were the big ones for me. And they played most of the hits from those. And um, the el- the show was to, you know, celebrate sunsets and car crashes, which is probably, you know, I don't, it wasn't my favorite. I really felt like they hit their stride on one fell swoop. Yeah. And um, I found it very interesting there. I didn't know much about them, the story of them getting the record deal and mm-hmm. kind of doing like a, I know at the starting line, you know, they told them they wrote a record and the label was just like, yeah, no. Yep. Do do this. And they were like, we're not going to touch. We're not going to touch these. Yep. They. uh, Yeah. So basically, Nick Thomas, their lead singer, he kind of talked about uh, he's like, we came out with a few records where, you know, the label, we became the biggest band on our label, the biggest priority, which was really cool. But then it turned into the label basically saying, we want you to do this and this and this. And then we'd bring a record to the table, worked our butts off. It was the record we wanted to put out and the label was just like, nope, nope, no thanks. No thanks. So they turned it down and they came out with a record or two that they didn't feel sounded like them. And they pretty much said at the show, we're not going to fucking play it. Because we really don't like those albums, so we're not even going to touch it. So I love that. I, I love it too. And uh, you know, you mentioned Kenny Vasoli with the starting line. They went through that, and I think I remember All American Rejects. They really worked through a lot of that, getting to the Move Along album, which turned out to be a really great album, in it my is. opinion. Um, I think that I remember buying song songs off iTunes. Yep. And I didn't at that time. I bought like the uh, Dirty Little Secret, Move Along, and then what's the other one? The other from that. It's like the other single. Oh, Dirty Little Secret, Move Along. Step my back. It's better when I breathe for you. Oh, yeah, that one. But that was basically the point of that record. I literally bought song by song song, until I finally had the whole thing. I, they were the, when I went to Warp Tour at Metrodome parking lot, RIP, um, in 2005, I got there at 11 and they were the first band and they were so good. It was right when that album came out. I think the Spill Canvas thing, they were kind of on the tail end of that trend of pop punk music being really mainstream. So Mm -hmm. I think that if I remember correctly, 
that kind of happened as that phase of music was really going away. So they were one of those last bands where they were trying to really cash in on that style, I think, which is unfortunate. I mean, you turn on KDWB here, and they were playing pop Follow punk. Boy. Follow Boy, Taking Back Sunday, uh, All American Rejects. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what was on the radio. Now you get Bieber. Yummy. Yummy. See that we'll transition? Get to that. We'll See get to that. See how I did that? Oh, we're not there yet, but I almost got there. You know what? Let's just go there. Okay. I took your transition, and I just, I literally, I shut the door on it. I slammed the door on your transition's face. I spit <laughs> on the door. I took a towel, wiped the spit off the door, and then opened it and threw it in your transition's face. So I, I apologize. But I great care. transition. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try and track... Uh, some of these bigger releases and have what I'm going to call the big fucking deal of the month. Um, <laughs> every Talking Tunes episode, this is a Talking Tunes episode, just Whelan and myself or Josh and myself, um, in case Josh ends up doing it when you're gone. Hey, Josh. Hi, Josh. Jifco. Um, Tim. It, Tim. Um, so this is the first big fucking deal of the month. Um, that doesn't... Calling it the big fucking deal of the month doesn't mean that we think it's earth-shattering or life-changing, but... It's just the big deal of the month right it, now. Right. Um, the biggest song I can think of that's been released in the month of January, or the one that should be the biggest deal, or maybe not should, um, Justin Bieber's Yummy. I gotta be honest, I haven't made it all the way through the song once, and I'm trying. I did. Did you? Yeah. It's I don't know. It's a bop. It's it's. A I'm pop sure song. it will. If I keep hearing it, it's gonna get stuck in my head. It's catchy, but it's I don't know. It's nothing it's, like crazy. To me, it felt like obviously he's got to come out with stuff every now and again, and whatever he puts out is gonna get some traction. Um, oh yeah. But this well, one now he's in the news with his health issues. So oh, I did not know. I think he Lyme's disease. Oh really? Yeah. I did not know. Yeah, that's the so. Not only does he have this new single, and he's going to have this YouTube series, because I'm pretty sure he has a new record ready. Yeah. So he's going to have this YouTube series documenting that and just his life, and I'm sure in that we'll hear more about his Lyme's disease. But Yeah, and that can be pretty debilita- debilitating. Um, well, now I feel like an asshole. You're um, welcome. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> but Yummy to me just, it's the hook is kind of boring to me. The overall song, it it, it it is is it's a bop. I'll accept it into my heart eventually. I'm sure, like yep. you said, um, but it kind of just makes me want to listen to Purpose more. And to me, that's Purpose was an amazing pop yeah. album. I it's, don't care. We're not here to run away from pop music just to run away from pop, pop music. Music fucks. It certainly can. Other times, it doesn't <laughs> fuck. If only that's kind of a Simon and Garfunkel vibe. Hmm. I guess maybe, but I'm not going to go 100% on your statement. Listen, I'm not here to commit to everything you say, asshole. Listen here, bud. (laughs) I said purpose is fine. It's good. No, purpose is awesome. (laughs) Yummy is just fine. It's just fine. It's just fine. You know who did come out with a good song, though? Who's that? The Week. The weekend. I looked at that, and that would have been the big fucking deal of the month if we started this in November. Yeah, I know it is a little bit older, but and I agree. I didn't like him at first because I hated the uh, uh, 
oh, what was can't it? feel my face or whatever. My it was annoying. You. It was everywhere. I know, and so I was just annoyed by it. I annoyed the fuck out of you, though, being like, dude, every song is a banger, except The weekend Into Your Heart. Mm-hmm. Except The weekend Into Your Heart. And it, turns out... It's good. He's really good. He's really good. I love... People are like, is this just Michael Jackson? Yeah, right, right. Are these just old the Michael Jackson? theory. Are these just old Michael Jackson songs? Michael Jackson never died, man. Well... If it is him, I can't listen to it at the wedding, so that sucks. Yeah, it's after bad. Yep, that sucks. Well, that brings this full circle. So, the general consensus of the big fucking deal of the month for January, which is Bieber's Yummy, is it's okay. It's all right. It'll make your hip shake. I'm sure it'll still be there in the summer. Right, no, I'm going to take the... Oh, it'll be there, but he'll have a, he'll have a whole he'll record. He'll have a new single. Yep. He'll have and a, a whole single. record, probably, I'm guessing. Have you noticed a trend with bands like in this world of Spotify where... They release single by single, obviously, before their album. Yep. But the first single is always a little overwhelming. Uh, yes. Do you that, think that's by design? Because I'm starting to think it is. That was me with the 1975. With uh, Actually, you could say with this new record coming out, because people came out, and I was like, whoa. I, I was taken back. He's screaming at me. I and, loved people, but it was definitely a flock of a different color yep. for that band. We'll say. Very well. I think he, they just do that, and I wonder now. You listen to the first 1975, and it's about pot, and then you get to the. Uh, I'm not going to say the whole title because it's way too effing long. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to the second one, and it's all about coke, mm-hmm. and then you get to this brief. Uh, what is it? The online relationships one. It's all about his heroin. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, you're sober now. So now what are you singing about? Now he's singing about the world literally yeah. burning. He's literally, well, nothing's uh, taking my imagination away from the real world, so I guess I have to face this shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, but I've, I've kind of noticed that as a trend where it's like, okay, this first single, I've really, mm, mm. Yeah, because, yeah, with the online, what was it? Give Yourself a Try. That Give Yourself up. a Try was a little underwhelming for yep. me at first. Um, I remember back when we were doing the mayor cast, the first single, uh, love on the weekend, it was like, huh? Oh yeah. I, I remember you saying, you're like, clips. I don't, yeah. And, uh, hmm. I don't know if you said, I don't like it, I but you were first. definitely, you weren't feeling it. I didn't at first, but let's, it's not, let's, let's be honest. Um, I came around to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's a trend. So I'll be curious to see what he comes out with next. Cause it's not that it's not yummy isn't a quality production. It is. It just... I figured it'd be more yummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Anyhow, with that said, I think we're about at time. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another episode of Talking Tunes with Whelan and myself, or me and Josh, um, whoever ends up being um, next month. Um, and, of course, we'll have another new interview next month. So thanks for listening, and thank you for that, sir, you fucking pig. Okay. I know. I, it was the last thing. He had to get his – he has to have the last belch. George has belched at least three times in this podcast. It was maybe audible, um, and that one was definitely audible. So this is part in the Sound Talking Tunes. Thank you, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.